Welcome to the fourth and inches podcast with your hosts, Stuart Love, Sukdeep Puni, and Ryan Edwardson. Everybody and welcome to the fourth and inches NFL flagship podcast. That's right, we're looking back at week 16, 16 weeks gone in the NFL season already. And uh, here to review the action with me, it's Subdeep Pooney. Subdeep, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, all that sort of <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. I uh, hope you had a good uh, Christmas and New Year. Yeah, well, as good as we could get it in tier four, slash five, slash seven, yeah. whatever we're in at the moment. Yeah, we, we've talked about it with some of the other guys, but did you get any sort of uh, nice NFL gear or anything like that at all? I got a nice uh, white Jamal Adams Seahawks jersey. Oh, wow. I've, okay. I've, had my, I've had my eye on the white one for a while. It looks so, it looks sleek. I quite like it. And I figured, let's branch out. Let's go with Jamal. He's made such a big impact this year. So, why not? Yeah, definitely. Especially this uh, sort of, whilst the offences like, that Jamal Adams has then picked up, hasn't he? So, oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah we'll week, week 16, did you, you enjoy this one, Sid? Oh, very much. A uh, lot of relief, a lot of relief knowing, I mean, we'll go into it, but obviously knowing the result of where the Bucks stand, it was nice to get that game out of the way, in all honesty. So you had Boxing Day, um, obviously you had the Bucks game, early doors, watch that. And then after that was really just focusing on in a funny way, just focusing on fantasy football, just trying to make sure I had three teams in the final. <laughs> and I ended up winning just the one. Oh. Um, losing a semi-final. Um, not semi-final. Losing the third place match as well. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of a... I don't know how to work it out. Like, did I have a good fantasy season or should I be disappointed? It's weird because I'm only entering like six fantasy leagues. And I've been in four finals. I was in a final last week with Murph, um, which was actually the fourth and inches one, um, which, you know, I'd uh, I'd lost. But there's no harm in losing to Murph because he's obviously a, a fantasy expert. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was in the Bucks one, uh, lost that. And then there was another one with my good friend Johnny, who's a Browns fan, was in his, with his mates. I won that one. But then I lost the main one, which is my work one. Just I lost in the semi-final uh, oh. and lost the third place matchup. So that was the one that I I've won like two years in a row, and I really wanted to sort of free Peter and become a dynasty, should we say? But you can't have it all. So you can't have it all. I mean, it can't. But I've won one, so I'm yeah, happy with that. that. That's, that's better. Yeah. I yeah. I was defending champion coming into our. I had one main league that we play in. Defending champ coming into it got knocked out in the first week of the playoffs thanks to Matt Ryan's two last-minute interceptions that he threw. Not oh, down. Would have won every other game going, but uh, it, it ended up with a, a winner that we all kind of, we all wanted to see win, so she, she'll be happy yeah. with that. It's going to be good. That's fair enough. I, I um, One of the leagues, Alvin Kamara cost me uh, big time, like, being... Yeah, otherwise, I would have won that, but then on the other hand, um, I had Stefan Diggs, which won me the oh. one that I actually won, um, and... At half time, I wasn't too confident to be honest of that game. So, 
Um, well, I, I had that last year. I was losing, and then I had Aaron Jones playing, and he went off for about 30 points on the Monday night game. And I suddenly yeah. woke up having won. It's, it, it's a great feeling. It is. Not to get too fantasy heavy, but week 16 is that, that time of fantasy finals. Um, and it was mm-hmm. a, a big game for your books this week, wasn't it? So deep. Yeah, uh, I mean, might as well kick off with this one. Um, books 47, Lions 7. Game was pretty much over by half time. Um, the most exciting thing in this game for my wife, anyway, was that because the game just went by so quickly, she got to watch EastEnders live rather than <laughs> having it, having watch it recorded. So, a uh, big bonus for her uh, having to watch that. But um, from a from a book's perspective, obviously things just went right for them. I mean, we faced a very poor Lions team. The Lions obviously had their injury very early to Matthew Stafford, which obviously people will point that to the fact of being a deciding factor. But at the end of the day, when you score 47 points, I don't think it matters which quarterback you have in on the other side. Your team's going to struggle to match up with any team. We just look so fluid on offense on this occasion. And I think, yeah, the the Lions' struggles on defense continue to happen. Um, You know, obviously, uh, you know, with, with their corners, they, were, they weren't really anywhere near our wide receivers at any given point in this game. The only play they had was obviously a um, from a kickoff return, which was Jamal Agnew. So that just goes to show you, you know, in terms of um, what they were doing offensively and defensively, just absolutely, you know, poor. Um, I, I mean, I, don't, I, I won't go in too much about talking about it because I think sometimes, you know, not like Stuart, I don't like to brag about a result like this. It's just one of them where, you know, we got we got the job done, we did what we needed to do and we're in the playoffs, you know. Um, I, the positives that I make out of this was I wasn't very confident that Mike Evans would be in a situation where he could get a 1,000 yards in the season. So he's obviously, if, if those of you know that, He's on six since he started um, as a rookie. He's had six consecutive 1,000-yard seasons in the NFL. And if he was to manage to achieve this, he would break the record um, which was equaled, that he equaled last year with uh, Randy Moss. So it was fa- very unlikely that he was going to reach that 1,000-yard master. And he still might not because he's still got to get 40 yards. But my God, he was put in a situation this week by getting 181 yards and, and the two touchdowns as well, which put him in a very good situation now where he only leads literally 40 yards against the Falcons. So think that that's the main thing I'm focusing on. It's not only just the win, but Mike Evans, can, if he can please get that 1,000-yard season, that'll be amazing, you know, if seven in a row. Um, and the positives, like I said, found different wide receivers. Brady did. Um, you know, Antonio Brown got a touchdown. Godwin got a touchdown. Gronk got... Um, couple of touchdowns. Evan's got a couple of touchdowns. So um, obviously I know Gabbert threw for a couple of them as well. Bless him. Got to <laughs> give, uh, got to give Blaine Gabbert his uh, due. So Brady was obviously taken off at half time. Um, and yeah, it, it's always a good feeling when, you know, you're going into half time knowing you've won the game, which is unlike the books this year. And you can sort of, you know, put in the reserve. So uh, obviously Gabbert had a, a decent showing. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn as well, the rookie who we drafted this year. He looks promising and I'm looking forward to seeing him next year. Um, you know, he, he ran for 62 yards. I thought he did fantastic. And then obviously, you know, the defence again uh, on top. Devin White is having an absolute storming season. Um, I still don't understand the Pro Bowl snub, to be honest, but 
you know, there you go. It's just one of those uh, books aren't really one of those teams where we catch the media attention. It's the same with the Evans situation, you know, like been any other receiver, I think they would have had a lot more media attention going into this uh, week, you know, about what he could achieve. But um, there you have it. We're in the playoffs and hopefully now we'll start getting a bit of respect. Um, Still seeing all these social media posts about, Oh, you've only beat the Lions and all this, but we can only beat who we can beat, you know. Yeah. And uh, we've still got we've got double digit wins. So exactly, that's that's the thing for me is as a, as a fan of a fellow NFC team is seeing Bucks putting forty points up on anybody going two weeks before the playoffs after the season you've had where it's looked, oh, will they? Won't they? Can they? Can't they? Yes, they yeah. can. And if they do, they're going to knock you out of the way unless you're a stand up defense, and that is. Not what you want to see from yeah. a wild card team coming into a playoffs. Yeah, and if we can get that fifth seed, then you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, we're facing a team that you know in the NFC East. No, don't want to disrespect the NFC East, but I'd much rather play someone from that division than anyone else being in you know a wild card spot. Yeah, um, well, you've got so... you've got Seahawks, Saints, or Packers, and then you've got whichever one pulls it out of the hat in the NFC East. I think most people will go for the NFC. I don't think it's going to be an easy game either way. But I no, think I mean, I, I, that's what you're yeah. for, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I say I'm not disrespecting them. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to play Washington's defence. Um, you know, Chase Young um, and those guys, Montez Sweat, are doing a formidable job. Yeah. Uh, but they can be had at the end of the day. They're, they're weak on offence, yeah. you know. Um, Cowboys... Obviously, you don't know what you're going to get with them week in, week out. That they could pull it out of the bag, and even the Eagles. Obviously, you know you got. Well, actually, the Eagles are out now, aren't they? Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Uh, but you see what I mean. You got you got different variants where there is. You do see. Yeah, they've all got somewhere where you can win. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, as a Seahawks fan, we we could potentially get we could potentially get the number one seed, or we could be playing you guys, depending on results. I'd much yeah. rather not be playing you guys. Uh, and I wouldn't want to play the Seahawks. No. So yeah, it just it just it's, it's one of those, isn't it? It's where, one of those things where you, where you want to get into the playoffs all year, and then you look at it and go, "Ah, oh, crap!" Yeah, now it really starts. <laughs> yeah, but to be honest, I, I've not had this feeling before, and I say I was talking to you off air. Like it's really strange now, being in January now, and actually, I mean, always always care about the NFL, but actually, it meaning something, you know, for me personally, you know, being in the playoffs is. It's a strange feeling after so many years. I forgot. I f- almost forgot what <laughs> it was forgot like. What relevant January football, like. Yeah, definitely. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be in the dance. But let's move on. Um, as I say, that's that's enough about sort of you know the books. But um, another interesting game that you watched on Boxing Day as well, wasn't it, between the Cards and the the Niners? Arizona, San Francisco. Another. I mean, we know the NFC West is a tough division, but. Arizona might have knocked themselves out of a playoff place here. They just can't get out of their own way on offense at all. I mean, a lot of the time throughout the season, people have been talking about Kyler Murray, and then you had DeAndre Hopkins coming in. And I was worried for about week week six or week seven that they were going to find that second, third, fourth, fifth gear and go for it. But they just keep stalling. They've not really got a run game that's anything to balance their pass game on. And they're re- they're not using Kyler Murray in a scramble. I know he got another injury, which is a concern in itself. Really, if, yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if you're looking at Kyler Murray and his main threat is his legs, and he's getting a shoulder injury, then a knee injury, and then not. We, we've seen it with Russell Wilson. If you're not 100 percent and you're a scrambler, it takes a lot out of your game. Yeah, definitely. But they're not. I don't know whether it's the scheme because they're not using a lot of deep passes. 
So Murray's stats look fine, but he's only getting 4.4 yards per play. So it's not, yeah. he's not making the big gains. They've turned DeAndre Hopkins into a possession receiver rather than a big play receiver. And it's, it's not just that. It's everything. Just doesn't, they just don't seem to gel properly. I had a look. Mm. They've had 32 false start penalties on offense this season. 32. Wow. They're just not clicking. And especially with the injuries, Kyler Murray's shying away from contact. He's not getting those extra yards. They're not really using him down in the red zone as much when he can get beat up a bit. I, I would. They can still get in the playoffs. Obviously, they've got a. If they beat the Rams and the Bears lose, then the Cardinals are in. I still wouldn't want to go up against them. I think anybody in the NFC can beat anybody in the NFC at this point out of those seven or eight teams. But ugh, it's it's not been a great end to the season for the Cardinals at all. No. Not at all. Um, the Niners had a good showing. I mean, they, they they won this game and they did it through doing what they do well. They run the ball. You hit a very solid run game and some big defensive plays. They were missing a few players on defense as well, but I mean, Jeff Wilson came and stepped up. And where did San Francisco keep finding these running backs? It's ridiculous. I, I feel like I could put on a 49ers uniform. And yeah. all of a sudden, I will end up magic, being some real. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like uh, some sort of Christmas film, isn't it? Unless you're Kevin Coleman, <laughs> then you know. Yeah. God, I don't know what's happened to him at all, but it, it it is all about the running game for San Francisco because they've got nobody catching the ball. Their George Kittle was there, looking like his old self again, finally, which will be it's good for next year. Yeah, this game was really good, just good for the Niners going into next year. Um, mm. I mean. Still no Jimmy Garoppolo. CJ Bethard was in, not even Nick Mullins. Bethard had six, uh, sorry, 13, 13 passes. That was it. Completed, yeah. completed 13 passes. But when he did, he actually hit receivers in his stride. So he got 13 passes for 182 yards. That's 14 yards per pass. Yeah. Murray getting seven yards per pass, something like that. It's, I don't know. It's kind of, yeah, he's a former teammate of uh, Kittles as well, isn't he, CJ Befford? So they've they obviously got that. On, I think they did play on that quite a lot. So, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean yeah. Shanahan keeps relying on the trick play still as well, which is fine, but you can't keep doing it every single week. But Kal Juszczyk, it was good to see you here. He got two receiving touchdowns. Yeah. He's had four receiving touchdowns this year. He's a fullback. They just they don't use players in the way you'd expect players to be used at all which is yeah it's good to see and that's how they've pitched out a few more of these wins um they're probably going to try the same thing against the seahawks this week try and rain on our parade a little bit but i mean the cardinals they've really got to beat the rams they've got to show up and they've got to yeah. pack the i mean i don't think the packers are putting out a b team against the, the bears are they no, I mean, I hope not for my son's sake, but I see the Cardinals beating the Rams, to be honest. I think still with, obviously, Goff now out of the equation. Oh, that's, um, that's a whole other... Their, their, their defence, obviously, Rams' defence needs to step up, which I'm sure they will, but is it still going to be enough for John Wolford? I mean, we're not seeing anything of him. Um, you know, I don't think he's had a snap in the NFL nope. in, a, in, in a you know regular season game. So, but... Sean McVay, you don't know. He might have something in the bag. You just don't know, do you? It's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good game to watch. It is yeah. going to be a really good game to watch. But yeah. I mean, they've the Cardinals have to do better than than twelve points. 
Exactly. And the Rams have got, if you think about it, the Rams have got a really good record against the Cardinals. And you can't say that all the results are down to Jared Goff. So I think if if Wolford can have maybe half a decent game that's like faultless, you know, then essentially, you know, they've they've got a chance. But it's interesting. I I feel like the Cardinals and the Bucks were quite similar at one point in the season. It's just that now the Bucks have taken that step because they've got the experience under centre. Yeah. And they've got Brady there. They've got the experience in the wide receivers. This Cardinals team is it's not a bad thing that if they don't make the playoffs this year and they only just miss out. If you think two years ago they were basically bottom of the pile really, weren't they? Especially yeah, the West. So they just gotta keep going. Kingsbury needs to sort out his system, which is he can do. He's this what he's only his second year in the NFL as well. Mm-hmm. It's gonna oh, I know, it's gonna be interesting. But it is. I'm I'm just glad I'm not having to stress about it myself, but you know, <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's, it is nice not to have to worry too much. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, on to your next game, Sue, which I believe was the Chargers against the Broncos. Yeah, so another typical performance from both sides, really, and nothing uncharacteristic about this one. Chargers having a fast start, taking a good lead going into the half, and then almost, almost, I say, messing it up. But <laughs> thankfully, from I think even didn't you win a bet? Didn't you have a bet hinged on this result? Oh, we we had a, a good seven or eight team accumulator, and this was the one that I was getting very squeaky bum time about. Yeah, it was the Chargers, and they they just stopped playing towards the end again, didn't they? Hundred percent. And at the end day, it was down to the last play as well. Mm-hmm. Which you know, at the end of the day, when you're thirteen zip up, you know, in the half, you you wouldn't think you'd have to worry about that. But with this Chargers team, unfortunately, there's just no rhythm going, and I don't know what's happening in the half when having these talks, but I think that's that's a matter they need to definitely address in the season. Um, it's got to be the coach, then, right? It's got to be the coach. Yeah, but I just, I just like Anthony Lynn as a person. It's very yeah. difficult for me to... I, I love him as a person. I think he's a great human being, but is he maybe a bit too nice? I don't know. I don't think he... He doesn't come across to me as being someone who's going to really, really, you know, knock on his players. He comes across as more of a Tony Dungy type guy, and I think... When you're in that situation, the last thing you need is a hug from your coach. You need um, you need someone who's going to rattle them and completely, you know, just. Yeah, that's fine. You know, that's fine when you're winning, but when you're yeah, when you're continually throwing games away, you need a bit of tough love, don't you? Exactly, but in terms of how the game, obviously, the Chargers had a, a very good first drive. To be honest, unfortunate they didn't get a touchdown out of it, but they did obviously manage to get the field goal uh, to put them free zip up. Um. Drew Locke coming in then does what Drew Locke's done quite consistently this year, and which is throw an interception um, towards you know you know the end zone, and this was intercepted by Casey Haywood. Um, so a bit of a a bit of a boring start to the first quarter, being three zero. Um, Broncos once again got into the Chargers territory, and uh, McManus uh, missed a field goal. Um, Finker hit the uh, the crossbar or somewhere, and again bounced back out. So. Unfortunate for the Broncos, but when you're in that situation, you know, things just don't go your way. Um, and then in the second quarter, Herbert found Austin Eckler for a touchdown. Um, and they had another opportunity as well, to be honest. But then I think in one drive, um, Herbert uh, fumbled the ball on one of his last drives. Uh, thankfully, nothing sort of came of it from a, from their perspective. But obviously, they went into the half quite comfortably in the lead. Um the third quarter, Broncos obviously were trying uh, to to come back into this. Managed to get the field goal, get some points on the board, um, and then um, 
they the Chargers then cemented the lead with another field goal. There was a great um, play by, I think his name was Anderson. Obviously, I know they had Hunter Henry out due to um, the COVID situation, so they had some different tight ends playing in there. Yeah, that's right. It was uh, Steven Anderson who they had in there. Um, so using a couple of different tight ends. Be interesting to see what the Chargers do next year with Hunter Henry. He's obviously a free agent, whether they keep him on. I, I don't personally see I can see him moving on, to be honest. But um, So they obviously need to try. It's probably a good time for them to try these other tight ends now and see you know what what they're made of. Um, going into the fourth quarter, obviously 16-3 up. Um, <laughs> Broncos... Broncos uh, still still a bit str- struggling to be honest. So they they had a they got the field goal to make it sixteen six. They managed to regain possession quite quickly, um, and then it was a very good drive there by um, Drew Lock. Um, and with less than five minutes to go, they managed to get the the old touchdown there. Um, I think it was actually Drew Locke who rushed in the touchdown, if I remember correctly, yeah. um, to make it thirteen uh, six. And then once again, they regained possession and they managed to tie the game at 16 all. And this is where I think Ryan was probably oh, yeah. you know, squeaky bum time when it comes to your bet. Um, thankfully uh, for them, Herbert obviously you know, is someone who is going to have a bright future in the game. Um, he had a great third down play, which he managed to... Um, Sorry, no, you were sacked in the third, uh, third down play, which then resulted in them getting the field goal to make it 19-16. Then right at the end, you had Drew Locke obviously trying to get, trying to throw in a game winner, Hail Mary. But in those situations, as you know, nine times out of ten, they're always going to be batted away or intercepted by the opposition. And that's exactly what happened. So you can't really fault him for the second interception. He's trying to, you know, win the game for his team. Yeah. But once again, uh, Drew Locke, you know, the offence, uh, they're struggling. They've had they've had to put up with injuries. But I still expected them to have a better season, to be honest. And it, it, I'm, I'm disappointed. And, you know, Drew Locke now, is he is he a... The question is, is he a starter in the NFL? Um, it's a very big question for John Elway yeah. to be answering, isn't it? He, yeah. I think they've come out and they've doubled down and said they, they want to keep going with him, which surprises yeah. me, but... Yeah. They lost Cortland Sutton very early on this year. Yeah, 100%. The run, yeah, the run game's not got going. No offence, still not there. Do you, do you give it that one? I mean, you've not got a great... They've probably not got a great draft pick because they have won five games. And a lot of other people have got worse records at the moment. I mm. think I think maybe one more year, but then after that. The problem is Locke's so streaky. And he can put on that fourth quarter and drive for touchdowns and field goals, but... Before that, he's showing nothing, wasn't he? Yeah, it's just when he gets when he gets sort of near the end zone. That's it. He just seems to sort of panic, and we've seen it so many times. Him just throwing touchdowns, you know, right there when he should be finding his receivers. Obviously, maybe you know the issue is his receivers as well. But I mean, Tim Patrick's had a had a decent year, uh, you know, covering for Cortland Sutton. No offense, has been in, in and out of the team, but no offense, still not been bad. He's been he's been decent this season. Jerry Judy is obviously, you know, one for the future as well. So it's interesting, but I still think I, I, I'll be honest. I don't know what to do. To be honest, from my perspective, I, I'd keep Fangio in as the head coach. I'd be looking at John Elway, but it's so hard, you know, when someone's done so much for your franchise, you know. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's won them three Super Bowls. I mean, two as a player, one as a 
sort of general manager, but re- re- really, you know, he, he's got a. He, I think questions need to be asked of him. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, you know, obviously moving on from that depressing thought, and let's talk about the Jets and the Browns, which is a very unusual situation again. Oh, there's so many unusual things about this entire weekend for the Browns. I mean, you go mm-hmm. in, if you win, then you set up a match against the Steelers for the division title the next week. And the, is it just that they've got so much bad luck about this team that something was inevitably going to happen? I mean, they lost all their wide receivers due to COVID. As, I mean, that's kind of their own fault for not following rules in a sauna. I mean, yeah. A sauna is the last place I would be right now. I understand the pro athletes, but it's literally it's a pet, it's a petri dish even not in COVID times. Imagine what it's like at the moment. But anyway, you'd you'd think that the Browns would, considering they've got three practice squad players. That I mean, this was all announced on a Saturday as well, wasn't it? So there's no yeah. no practice time, no training time. They were literally practicing and training with them in the car park before the game. It's so you you would think. Let's go to the run game. Nope, because they're also missing two of their top 10 offensive line. Mm-hmm. And the Jets' run defense is a, actually a top 10 run Pretty defense. Pretty decent, yeah. <laughs> it's, I, it, it was everything just added up to the worst-case scenario for the Browns, and they played into it. So you, your rule, you would think, with your offense completely in shambles, is don't go down early, don't turn the ball over. And they did both of those things. Yep. The, Brown, the Browns went up early, but then the Jets scored 20 unanswered points, and they just dug a hole for themselves so much. It was really on the defensive backs. So the, the first Jets touchdown was a really good trick play, um, with Berrios being wide open to catch a pass from Jameson Crowder, running it into the end zone. And then on the next possession, Baker Mayfield knocks the, has the ball knocked out of his hands, turnover, short field, and I know the Jets aren't great, but if you give them a short field, which is exactly what had happened with the Rams the week before, give them yeah. a short field, they'll work from it. Like Donald's not a terrible quarterback. They're just not a great team. But if you give them the chances, they'll score, which is what they did. Because again, the Browns defensive backs just let Chris Herndon run forwards for 10 yards into the end zone and leave him alone. It, everything was of their own making. And it's it's just so Browns that this would happen this week. And now they're potentially on the end of not getting into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously relying on some changes now from the Steelers, but even then, yeah, it's not it, a guarantee. It is, is it? A, it is a bit annoying that it looks like the Steelers might give it to them. That does not say that the Steelers can't go out there and win because they could easily do that. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Browns are getting those wide receivers back yet. I'm not seeing anything. I think they should be, um, from what I'm aware of. I don't know if I've not seen what their tests have come back with at the moment. Yeah, to be honest, I've not followed that too closely, but I assumed that they didn't have COVID and it was all sort of non-contact. Yeah, Um, I think it's uh, they were in proximity, so they had to isolate. I mean, yeah, two two negative tests in a row, that sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the Browns fought back, but it was just too late. They finally got the running game going in the in the second half. Chubb and Hunt both got rushing yard, uh, one yard rush TDs, but the defense just kept slipping up. They'd give the Jets new sets of downs from rucking, roughing the kicker. There's other stupid penalties and mistakes like that. And the Browns had the game there to be won in the fourth. 
So end, it was 23-16. That's how the game ended. But mm. in the fourth quarter, Mayfield on the offense, on the Jets 20, with two minutes left, but they end up on a fourth and one. Quarterback, I think everybody's probably seen it, but there's a quarterback sneak. Mayfield tries to push through the pile. Somebody gets around the back, reefs the ball out, and then Kareem Hunt dives on top of it. But because it's the last few minutes of the fourth quarter, you can't advance the ball from a fumble unless you're the person that fumbled it. So the ball goes back to the spot of the fumble, yep. which gives the ball to the Jets, and the Jets are suddenly 2-13. and 13. Crazy. What, what do you think now with the Jets then? So obviously they're out of the... They're out of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. I mean, I mean, Ryan. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know how much she obviously follow. No but trouble. But me and me and <laughs> I, I Nick, heard lots of whispers about Justin Fields, but they seem to have gone away. Me and Nick were talking about this, and Justin Fields. Like earlier in the year, we looked at him as being someone, yeah, being up there with um, maybe just a tad below Trevor Lawrence, but. He's looked really poor in recent weeks, and he's been making sort of a lot of sloppy mistakes. I mean, we're actually just talking about this whilst um, as he's playing right now. <laughs> he's playing right now, yeah. So we've got the Georgia Cincinnati game, uh, which I've not got on at the minute, uh, just because obviously want to concentrate on the podcast. But um, the Bearcats were in the lead seven zip um, going into the first quarter. So yeah, like it's like, what do you do? Do you go with Zach Wilson, or do you think? And this is the question you've got to ask yourself is, are those quarterbacks, Justin Veal, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, anyone you're thinking of picking second, you know, after, after Trevor Lawrence, or any of them actually better than Sam Donald? And for me personally, I don't I don't think they are. And in this situation, then I think what you've got to do is you've got to start supporting Sam Donald, give him another chance while he's still on that rookie contract and see what you have with him. So whereas we're talking about not being sure with the Broncos, I think from a Jets perspective, you got to do all you can, maybe even trade down and start getting, accumulating some picks, um, you know, and, and just getting some, you know, good talent in the first round. If you can convince one of these other GMs to move up for a quarterback, then it might benefit them. So I was just checking the uh, score. So it is 7-7. Seven, seven. I'm just seeing what kind of game. Um, you know I what? Mean, I'm talking about Justin. Why am I talking about Justin Fields playing for Georgia when he's Ohio State? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I'm absolutely losing the plot tonight. Sorry. You know what? I always get. Yeah, but obviously they've got the. Yeah, they've got the game. They've got the game later on. Um, obviously the the semi final. Um, I'm getting must. I'm getting Georgia and Ohio State modelled up again. I don't know why. I've <laughs> done this so many times. But uh, yeah, sorry, JT Daniels. Um, but yeah. Uh, in terms of what the what the Jets can do, um, I personally see them not looking at Justin Fields and maybe trying to trade down for another another QB. Yeah, I, I, it would, it, that wouldn't surprise me if what you're saying because there was a lot of whispers about Fields early on, and they do seem to have faded yeah. away a fair bit. So yeah, I I think Clemson I think Clemson going to have their way with uh, their defense going to have way with him today. Uh, I see Clemson winning this, you know, quite quite thoroughly, but we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll move on to the uh, next game um, after this short break. Welcome back, guys. Now that I've um, figured out and not been confused about Ohio State and Georgia, (laughs) apologies for that. 
God, it's been a long day, hasn't it? Um, going to now discuss a game that I really enjoyed, to be honest, for two teams who don't really have too much to play for in a sense of, you know, any playoff contention and, you know, having very average seasons, but the Bengals and the Texans. So this finished uh, Bengals 37, Texans 31. Um, Cincinnati now move on to their fourth win of the season, but obviously they've got the uh, the tie as well that they had earlier in the year. And the Texans now are four and eleven. Now this was a, a quite an intriguing game because literally to, towards the end you, you still didn't know who was going to win. It was a very sort of back and forth game. The pendulum swung one way, then the other way, back and forth, back and forth, uh, which is what we like to see in the NFL. You know, rather than you know teams run away with it, um, you like to see good offensive football and both teams um, sort of you know in it. Um, credit. Credit goes to both quarterbacks, you know, Brandon Allen, um, you know, filling in obviously for Joe Burrow, uh, no um, Ryan Finley as well. Um, so obviously Brandon Allen's been put in there and he, he had a very solid game. Um, in terms of the first quarter, they had a very solid start, great first drive resulting in the Drew Sample touchdown to make it seven zip. Um, Sean Watson um, had a very good um, sort of um game with uh, finding Brandon Cooks as well, a lot in this game. He found uh, Brandon Cooks quite deep in the first quarter, which unfortunately didn't lead to a touchdown, but they did manage to carve out a field goal from that play um, eventually to make it 7-3. The second quarter, uh, another Watson play to Brandon Cooks. Um, Showed great adjustment, actually, in finding Brandon Cooks, I thought. It was a very... Sort of tricky play the way he adjusted himself to try and get him to put the game at half time at 10 10 10. Um, third quarter, then the Bengals, you know, managed to find sort of their running game there. Uh, Samaji P. Ryan, uh, with the rushing touchdown. Now, he was some, someone before this season was certainly forgotten about in the NFL, and now he's all of a sudden now become relevant again. Obviously, with Joe Mixon out, uh, Giovanni Bernard was in there as well, but they seem to have. Split the carries between him and Bernard. Um, P. Ryan had 13 carries, Bernard with 16 carries, uh, but P. Ryan definitely had sort of the, the better performance of the two. Um, and speaking of running game, uh, David Johnson as well, he had a he had a monster game. Um, he made a, a really, really big running play, which led to first and goal for the Texans. Um, and eventually then Johnson... Um, obviously not getting the touchdown on that massive play, did eventually get a touchdown uh, to draw the game level. Um, and then, yeah, this third quarter was amazing. I mean, really exciting. I think uh, I think Brandon Allen found, I think it was T Higgins who he found actually to make it 24-17, if I remember correctly, um, to put them back in the lead. But then again, you know, the Texans aren't giving up on this one. And in the third quarter, uh, Watson was third and goal runs down for the first first down. It was a massive play. And then first and goal, um, he finds Cooks for the touch for his second touchdown to draw the game level at 24-24. Um, and then once again, the, you know, the, the trading back and forth there, the Texans uh, take the lead, um, so I believe pretty much for the first time in the game. Uh, Darren Fells got the touchdown. Um, and then it was down to P. Ryan again, um, putting them in the lead to make it 34 31. 
right at the end, the Bengals defense had a great play by Sam Hubbard, which knocked the ball out of uh, Deshaun Watson, which, you know, settled the game uh, to make it 37-31. They got the uh, field goal at the end. So, yeah, Bengals fans will be happy with that in a sense, but also, you know, it's Miami fans will be even happier now because obviously now the Texans have got a top five pick. <laughs> and for Miami, obviously having a very successful season, they're also going to have a top five pick. So really, you know, they're, they're going to be laughing all the way to the bank with this one, aren't they? It's definitely worked out in their favour, hasn't it? Yeah, 100%. And they've got so much they can do, you know, with, with those picks. So it'd be interesting to see where they go in the draft with with that. Um, Texans, obviously, it's gonna it's a massive rebuild job, especially when you've got no sort of early picks in the draft. Um, Bengals might be a bit disappointed because they may potentially lose out on Penn Isil, um, you know, from Oregon, who... You know, looks like a very good, you know, offensive line prospect. But there's plenty of player, uh, you know, uh, pieces that they can fill in. You know, they can look at corner. They could maybe even look at wide receiver. Maybe you know, a little toy for Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Or they've not uh, got, they've not had a great um, luck streak with their draft picks, so have they? So their their first round draft pick the year before was last. Jonah Williams, wasn't it? Yeah, there's yeah. no, there no lineman that then got injured before the season. Then Burrow goes down this season. Mm, they've had John Ross as well as a first-round yeah, pick. Yeah, it's not quite worked out. Yeah, it's, it's not worked out for them. So hopefully, I mean, fingers crossed, a lot of it is, is not even just down to... It's just down to sheer bad luck, isn't it? But yeah. that's it's not much you can do with that. But, you know, a win's a win at the end of the day, and it's, it's something that, you know, any fan would want regardless of where you are going to pick in a draft but we're going to move on to your Seahawks now aren't we uh, yeah it was a completely different game yeah <laughs> from three flowing offense to stalwart defenses um hey first thing to say Seahawks 20 Rams 9 the Seahawks are NFC West champions again for the first time in four years I think it is now which I mean when you think about it, it seems like ages, and then you think, well, yeah, because you've had the Rams have been quite dominant, the Niners had it last year, so but uh, we've always been around there sniffing about, but yeah, the first time in a good few years, and it was really was the defense that came through and got the victory over the, the LA Rams. The Rams have had the number of the Seahawks for the past few matches, so it was quite nice to see us at least comfortably kind of take this game, but it was another off performance from Jared Goff that really allowed the Seahawks defense to keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first half was such a defensive battle. Neither offense was really getting going. No, Neither of them could really break through. They traded field goals. It was 6-6 at the half, but really the Rams should have been at least 9-3 up because they were up 6-3 and drove all the way to the Seattle 25 and then Goff instead of playing it safe and running out of bounds, had a com- Complete brain fart. Tried to float a pass inside to absolutely nobody. And it floated through the air into the hands of a diving Quandre Diggs, who got, I think that's his sixth interception of the year or something, wow. or since he joined us, which is, you know... I'll, I'll was he from the Lions, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Got, got from the Lions last year. And it, it kind of epitomised Jared Goff's game in that he's efficient and fine, and then he'd just do something completely... Mm. Random. And yeah. I, on, I, it was Troy Aikman on the on the commentary, and he was just sat there like, "What are you doing? Why are you even thinking about throwing that ball? Just get out of bounds, and mm. you can at least take a field goal." But 
after that kind of jeeped the Hawks up, they took the ball, tied the scores just before half time, and then came out with the ball after the half, had a the longest drive of the day, got a couple of big plays. Uh, first one was a really nice lofted deep ball from Russell Wilson to David Moore, who's really coming on as the, the third receiver in this set this year. Runs down the sideline, spins around, catches it just inside the sideline. Great, great completion. And then on third down, Carlos Hyde, who's been a great player for us, especially considering Carson's injuries. Yeah, He takes a dump off from Wilson scrambling about, goes 18 yards, sets up the, the Hawks on the goal line. And Russell Wilson then just plays a quarterback keep, stretches the play out, tiptoes into the end zone to put us 13-6 up. Uh, the, the Rams did then respond with a long drive of their own, and this was, I think it's the third quarter when the offense has really started to get going. There was a long pass to Higby and a long run from Henderson that set the, the Rams up on the goal line. But I mean, goal line stands have been something that the, the Seahawks defense have been quite good all year. I mean, they turned Cam Newton away to win the, the Patriots game, yep. and they seem to have been buoyed up from that. And the Rams had four rush attempts on the goal line, didn't try to pass it once, and were held at bay by the Seahawks. Yeah, and they had Cam Akers out as well, so you'd like to think that. Yeah, if... no Cam Akers this week. Um, I mean, the the Rams did force a three and out to get a field goal, and uh, on the, yeah, forced a three and out, got a field goal on the ensuing possession, clawed the score back to 13-9, but on that, um, on that long drive with the, the four rushing attempts, they lost Daryl Henderson for a bit. And he had been in form, and he had really looked like he was going to start boxing the game. But he, I think he set them up on the goal line, and you just saw him sitting down afterwards, just holding his calf, holding his leg. Didn't look too good, which is a shame because I mean, they've been trying to sort out that rush attack all season and been trying to give it to the hot hand and haven't quite figured out who's been the, the right one each time. But I mean, it's, it's good for the, the future, but not really good if you're, well, considering they were in first place for the division title a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and then the Hawks took control in the fourth quarter, really. Had an 80-yard drive, which was punctuated by a long pass to Tyler Lockett. And then on third and four, when Wilson could have just looked short to try and get the field goal, to try and extend the lead, he goes to the end zone instead, which is what he's been kind of doing this year in those clutch situations. Connects with Jacob Hollister. <laughs> and put Seattle up by 11 with just four minutes to go. And he had missed Jacob Holster on a wide open route earlier on in the game. So it was a bit of a bit of recompense there to, to poor Jacob, who's another another one of the, the good tight ends that we seem to pull up every year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Rams tried to come back, but Jared Goff just wasn't on form. And you, I think you can usually tell within the first couple of drives what Rams team has come out. Yeah, you do, actually. He, yeah. He just doesn't. He's not connecting with Cooper Cup. He's not connecting with Robert Woods properly. And the most action that Robert Woods has been seeing this year is from a, a jet sweep out of the backfield. Really, yeah. It's, it's a real problem for them. I mean, the the Rams got fairly close, but they two incomplete passes, a nine yard sack leaves them on fourth and nineteen. And then the the play that they chose is just a short pass, just past the line of scrimmage, and. Tyler Higby gets stopped easily, so again, it's maybe Sean McVeigh outthinking himself again, but not a classic from the offense point of view at all. But yeah. the Seahawks got the job done. The defense, as I mean, it's hard to believe it's the same defense as we were playing in the, the first half of the season. But Carlos Dunlap has 
I think maybe it's Carlos Dunlap has meant that we've not had to pressure from the defensive backs as much. Shaquille, Sha- Chad Griffin's back in there. DJ Reed's there. Jamal Adams is playing, you know, like he's out of his skin, really. Not not bored whatsoever. Um, I think we all owe a bit of an apology to, to Ken Norton Jr. <laughs> About six weeks ago, mm. people were calling for his head, but... <clears throat> You know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still not convinced by Ken Norton. I mean, we've seen it in past seasons as well um, with him. He, they'll, they'll have these spurts, and then the next season, he's, you think he's yeah. done. He seems to save himself from a job, and then the next season, they'll have another bad start on defense, and then somehow pick themselves up. It's a bit down um, point, isn't it? Yeah, it's really, really strange. Really strange, but you know, at the end of the day. It's still a team that's capable, like you said, that's gonna that could potentially pull off a, a really good run, you know, in the postseason. Um it's we'll interesting. If everything yeah. can click at once, I'm not really too scared of many teams yeah. apart from maybe, you know, Packers Saints Chiefs, but uh, it's just getting that to happen. Russell Wilson looked a bit more like his old self again, but it's still not it's still not fluid. Yeah, um, it's not MVP uh, level, is it? As as what was no, uh, a few weeks back. I, I mean, I think if we if we do a season review and look back, we'll probably see that those first five or six games, the defenses we were playing. I mean, Dallas when they were bad, Atlanta when they were bad, struggled against the Patriots a bit. It's maybe it was mm. just the schedule rather than Russell playing. I don't know. I don't know. We yeah. have to take a proper look at it, but. Yeah, no. The Seahawks into the playoffs, just like your Bucks, possibly playing for the number one seed. If the Packers and the Saints both lose, uh, it's really the Packers to to lose out on that bye week. And I suppose more importantly for them, you don't want to go to Lambeau in the playoffs. So, yeah, especially that cold weather at the minute, oh, definitely not. Yeah, especially this this year. That's the only home field advantage you really get, isn't it? Yeah, Lambeau, maybe, maybe Buffalo. Yeah, but we'll move on to the. A team that does have the bye, Kansas City, and your favourite other team, Atlanta. Yeah, I love love the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> so this finished um, Chiefs seventeen, Falcons fourteen. So like you say, um, Kansas now cemented their place at the top seed of the AFC, being fourteen and one now. Falcons four and eleven, but my Falcons, they could have won this. Yeah. They could have won this, and and. Yeah. And the Chiefs, really, um, I mean, I wouldn't say I'd be concerned because they're 14-1, and one, but if you play like this against other opposition, you're going to get punished and things may not... There is a bit of vulnerability about them in some games. I mean, yeah. I'm not just pointing out to this game. Uh, the game against the Bucks, for example, they, they were absolutely battering us in the first half and the Bucks slowly came back into it and if I'm being honest, if there was like another five minutes or 10 minutes of action left in that game, the Bucks would have won that game. Um, and I don't know if they just, but at the same time, you know, the Chiefs are going to pull it off in the post yeah. end, don't you? They're going to go for it. Yeah. So it's just one of them where I think they've put their foot off the gas slightly, knowing what where they are and they don't want to take too many risks. Um, and they're just trying different things. Um, first quarter, like, like you say, the the trick play with Sammy Watkins, you know, um, <laughs> you, you wouldn't do what that in it. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a bad play. Um, Is it, it desperation? Do you think? I don't think it was. I just think they were just trying to. I mean, it was the first quarter, so how desperate can you be? Um, so it was the second quarter, wasn't it? So how 
how desperate can you be? It's still early doors. And you know, with Patrick Mahomes, he's still going to find himself, you know, with opportunities to get points on the board. So I just think they were just trying some, just trying some sort of trickery and seeing how it worked out. But, you know, um, it didn't work out this time. The only exciting thing that I could say about that particular uh, the first quarter, in, in a sense, was Townsend's punt. I thought that was a really nice punt that he had, um, which put uh, <laughs> that tells you exactly, you know, where this game was. It wasn't wasn't an exciting game at all. And then second quarter, I'd say you had the trick play there, which didn't work out for Sammy Watkins. The Falcons then found uh, Calvin Ridley. Matt Ryan did um, with you know superb catch. He's having a he's having a monster season, and I think for me now he's definitely number one receiver there. In Atlanta now, I think uh, Julio Jones now is. I won't say he's done, but he's not. He's at that point where in his career, where I call the Larry Fitzgerald mode, you know, where yeah. you're kind of second catching, fiddle now. Him, it, it is catching up to him now. These injuries, um, you know, they're playing a big part. Um, sure. But I say, as soon as um, they take the lead with Hayden Hurst at seven zip, as soon as that happens, the foul, um, the Chiefs suddenly wake up and they found. <laughs> Kelsey for the touchdown. Um, only just. I mean, his feet were just about in. I was quite... Oh, a, yeah. yeah, I was a bit like... Mm. What did you think of that one? I mean, obviously... I wasn't too sure watching it back. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's one of those that... I think you probably give it the benefit of the doubt to the attacking team, but... Oh. Mm. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, it's funny enough we didn't discuss that in the... <laughs> the Rogers too show. much to discuss this week on that yeah there's too much to, but that was one that did I remember watching it live going like really are you sure uh, but you know it is what it is uh, third quarter Mahomes then uh, is intercepted um, the Falcons look like they're actually going to get the touchdown on the return but then what happens in true Falcon style the ball gets fumbled out and it goes out of bounds it's still a possession but at the same time you know, you'd rather sort of go in there and get yourself in a situation where you're getting the touchdown. Doesn't happen. Um, they, uh, the Chiefs, then take the lead with a field goal to make it ten-seven in the fourth quarter. Um, and then, with less than five minutes to go, Matt Ryan finds Lecon Treadwell for the touchdown. Treadwell, where has he been? I mean, I remember him being <laughs> the first. Was he a first-round pick for the Vikings? Yeah, I think it was first round, wasn't it? Yeah, and literally, um, he's come back and, and got that touchdown to make it 14-10. And this was the key play in the game, the, this one. Um, so Mahomes is looking for Tyree Kill in the end zone. AJ Terrell, surefire interception, drops it. Um, and you just knew at that point, as soon as he dropped that ball, that he was going to get punished. Because yep. Mahomes and the Chiefs don't give teams second chances, and that that interception—if he gets that interception, the game's over. And you know, you're looking at obviously, you know, the Falcons with a win, but no, uh, they managed to get Robinson in for the touchdown, literally straight after that to make it 17-14. Falcons still have a chance and make a great, great um, drive to get Ku in position to level the game up and. Surprisingly, uh, cool, uncharacteristic, because he's had a tremendous season. He misses the field goal and slices it to the right. Um, it's just that thing with the Chiefs, isn't it? You need everything to go right. You, you go need your to way. be lucky, yeah. you need to be on your game. And if you're not, they're, they're going yeah. to sneak one out. I did 
So Mahomes has got the most dropped interceptions. I saw that. Double figures as well, isn't it? Yeah. And it's those things that can change games. So the Chiefs haven't won by more than two scores for six weeks or something like that now. And it's those things. And it's... It, sometimes it goes your way, and this is what yeah, that's what champions with, with the Patriots. Isn't it? That's what champions are made of. They're going to find a yeah. way, claw their way to win a game. So I, I don't yeah. begrudge anything from what what's going on. They've just, they're just no. They, you, you make your own luck. Yeah, the Man United. It... That's it. But well, should we move on to um, the Ron Rivera Bowl between uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Panthers and it the Washington the, Football Team? It was the Rivera Bowl. Um, it wasn't a classic by any means, but. I mean, Washington are kind of playing themselves out of the playoffs at the moment because they've just not got that quarterback, which is, you know, everybody's problem. But, I mean, we're recording this now knowing that Dwayne Haskins is gone. He's been released for Mm -hmm. reasons that are as much to do with his on-field performances as his off-field activities. Um, Meanwhile, the Panthers are kind of there in a rebuild mode still from the beginning of the season. And they've got sparks of life but they're still missing key pieces that can just make this team go and it, it completely showed in this game I mean, they've not got CMC so that doesn't help but the skill players they've got I mean, Mike Davis has had a good year coming in Yeah, their the three headed receiving monster has been so I don't know they're a bit just dynamic but I mean it was it was not a good game the, like the first quarter was dull and then there was a special teams mistake which is so often the way in these games at the moment. So Stephen Sims muffed a punt on the 13-yard line. The ball gets knocked out, bounces into the end zone. Brandon Zilstra, well, I, lo- I just love Brandon Zilstra's name. So yeah. <laughs> pounces on it in the end zone to you know put the Panthers up. Then Joey Sly misses an extra point. So it's only 6-0. It's just, it, it was one of those games. I mean, it didn't matter too much because... When Haskins was on the field, which was the majority of the game, the football team just looked completely out of ideas. Um, so he got strip-sacked in the first half. And apart from that, he had five yards passing for the entirety of the first half. I mean, you can see why he's been binned off. He's just, he just wasn't good enough. And I think Rivera knew that coming in, which is why he brought in Kyle Allen and they kept pushing Alex Smith in. But, I mean, the Panthers took advantage of complete ineptitude of the Washington offense. They had a 10-play, 74-yard drive, which ended in a Mike Davis touchdown, and then consolidated that off the back of another Haskins turnover, which this time was an interception. Gave uh, gave Teddy Bridgewater the ball about halfway, and it's where Carolina start to show a bit of life and a bit of spark and hope for the future. Curtis Samuel on a, a long play, to, to get the drive, keep the drive alive on, on third down. And Samuel had had a 45 yard rushing play on the previous possession. This time he got, gets in behind the secondary and catches the 45 yard pass down at the Washington 17. Bridgewater dials it into Robbie Anderson and it's 20 0. Uh, Washington got a field goal in the next possession. But then if you thought, I mean, the Panthers are 23 up. They're going to take control of this game. You you have not watched a Carolina game this year <laughs> or even last year because they're just they're just not a complete team. It's one of those teams where they just can't move into that next phase at all. They had five offensive possessions in the second half, 
they ended in interception, fumble, and three punts. You can't close out a game like this, and they nearly lost it. And it's something Matt Rule's really going to be looking at is consistency. But meanwhile, the, the Washington football team kind of used the second half to mount a comeback. Chase Young strips at Bridgewater. He's had such a good season. Haskins showed a bit of talent on a scrambling play, but the, they were the only plays that he could do. It was a bit of know, making stuff up as he went along. He can't follow a scheme. I don't know. He's probably not reading what reading the books or the playbooks or anything, is he? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that's obvious. He's, uh, he's playing without a mask, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, he completes a pass to a wide open Sims, gets the ball 50 yards downfield, they kick a field goal. Um, and then on the next possession, they turn the ball over and downs. And at this point, Ron Rivera went, you know what, I'm done. I mean, he's, he's had such a terrible year. He's such a good guy. And he's like, I'm not dealing with Haskins anymore. And they bring in Taylor Heineke of no fame whatsoever. But he played well. He came in. And I, I wonder if his performance kind of contributed to letting Haskins go this week. Because even if Alex Smith can't, get up and ready, Heineke looked pretty good. Yeah, He went 12 of 19, 137 yards, 22 yards on the ground. He, he, his first drive could have ended in a touchdown, but got nullified by a penalty. And, you know, you can't overcome a fourth and 18 on your, what, this is, was this his first real start in the NFL? He might yeah. have had a couple. No, three. I think it is, to be honest. I'm not, I don't recall, um, I don't recall him seeing him did you did you see any of his his performance? Um, I watched bits of it on Red Zone. If I'm yeah. being honest, but he, he, did, yeah. he didn't look bad. He did not look too bad. I mean, they entered a four minute drill, and between him and Antonio Gibson, who was basically put the team on his back again, they went ninety yards in eight plays. Is what you want from a from a quarterback? He fired a pass into JD McKissick, who's been everywhere for the football team over the past five or six weeks yep. and it's 2013 but it, it was just too much they there's no time left they couldn't recover the onside kick and carolina came out of it victorious but washington need to beat philadelphia this week to be assured of the division title and a spot in the playoffs which i mean i kind of think they deserve it but if they're gonna blow it they're gonna blow it yeah it's one of them where I kind of hope they do make it, to be honest, because yeah. more for Ron, Ron Rivera, to be honest. And yeah, him and Smith. Really Smith as well. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be interesting, but it's it's unpredictable, this this division. It could go, go anywhere, the other uh, two teams, to be honest. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, well, let's let's keep it in the division. And you watch the, the Dallas-Philadelphia game, Sue? I did, I did. Um Eagles look really, really good for the first quarter. Honestly, I, I thought at this point, Eagles are looking very comfortable. It's going to be an easy win. And then after that, things just fizzled out for them and, and the Cowboys just came back into it. And I've got to give Andy Dalton credit. I mean, this is this is one of the, the reasons why he was brought into the Cowboys. You know, if Dak was to go down, to have performances like this. And he... he the Cowboys did a tremendous job on offense. I mean, you know, they had the running game going. Dalton also found his receivers. Uh, Gallup had a fantastic game. Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, they were all at it this game. And they were just firing on all cylinders. But didn't have it all their way in the first quarter. Um, so a positive first drive from from an Eagles perspective. Um, 
there was um, a touchdown which was called back uh, for Jalen Hurts where he rushed in for the touchdown. The decision was reversed and then they still capitalised on that with Sanders getting the uh, rushing touchdown on third and goal to put them 7-0 up. Um, In the first quarter, Dalton had an amazing pass found uh, Amari Cooper. Um, That resulted in them going into the Eagles' half um, they could only get a field goal at the end of it, but, you know, point to point at the end of the day to make the game 7-3. Um, and then at this point, once again, um, Jalen Hurts finds Deshaun Jackson on an amazing 81-yard touchdown pass uh, to make it 14-3. And that was his first touchdown of the season for uh, Deshaun Jackson. But one thing I do want to comment on is uh, the cameras on these games. Uh, have you... <laughs> Amazing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I saw it. So they did the the Washington Seahawks game a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So, oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, it's like watching a game of Madden, isn't it? Like literally. Yeah. You know, it is. It is so good. I imagine Roger has a lot to say about those cameras. He's, yeah. Well, his cameras, isn't he? But yeah, yes, definitely. It, I think it brings a little something a little bit different. Yeah. Rather than you know a normal camera angle of the the end zone, but yeah, it's good. No, hundred percent, and. Yeah, at that point, you know, the Eagles are 14-3 up going into the first quarter. Jalen Hurts, you know, he, he's found that amazing throw to Deshaun Jackson. And then you're thinking, yeah, the Eagles are going to just, you know, run away with this quite <laughs> easily. But, you know, things things happen. And then, obviously, you know, the Cowboys broke up. Uh, uh, Dalton had the touchdown throw to Michael Gallup to make it a four-point deficit. Um, at that point, then, there was another big catch by Gallup. Um, big catch and run, uh, which resulted in a, a field goal uh, to make it 14-13 to then reduce the deficit again. The Eagles then found their last point of the game in the second quarter uh, through Jake Elliott's field goal. Um, and literally just before the half ended, um, Gallup got his second touchdown of the game uh, to make it 2017. And the game just sort of turned on its head after that because... In the third and fourth quarter, the Eagles just didn't turn up. Um, Dalton found uh, C.D. Lamb um, for a touchdown to make it 27-17. There was another big play between um, Dalton and Cooper, which then resulted in them going into the Eagles' half, and then they got the field goal to make it 30-17. And even then, the Eagles just... There was nothing really going on offense for them. They were literally just freeing out. Um, Dalton did make one mistake where he was intercepted by uh, Darius Slay, um, which, you know, was it? Is it Darius Slay? I'm getting confused now with the Slays. There's definitely a Slay. Yeah, it must be Darius Slay. Yeah, because because we're talking about former Lions corners with Condry Diggs as well, isn't it? So yeah, yeah they, they all seem to be making plays when they're not playing for the Lions. Um, That's funny, that isn't it? Yeah, and then the fourth quarter. Um, Obviously, the Eagles are trying to come back into the game, so they're trying to do what they can. Hertz gets intercepted. And then we had that play with uh, Hertz's knees being yeah. down and being called for a fumble. Um, I thought he was down. I thought he was down as well, to be honest. But And I think Roger as well, at the same time, probably agrees with us, but he is going to defend the officials, isn't he, as well, at the same time, you <laughs> I- know. It is. It's probably one frame between the ball being slightly dislodged and that back, yeah. back, back knee coming down. So yeah. So it's Randy Greg. Yeah, it was Randy Gregory with that play, wasn't it? But yeah, uh, credit to him. 
Um, and yeah, literally, I think another touchdown again, just to rub salt in the wound. Um, <laughs> I think this was a play action play, uh, which CD Lamb sort of rushed in for the touchdown to make it 37 17. Right before Hertz obviously picks off the ball again, uh, gets picked again. And yeah, the Cowboys in the end, very comfortable for them after the first quarter. Um, and obviously they've still got a chance now to get in the playoffs. So it'll be an interesting week for them. But the Eagles now, they've got to go back to the drawing board. You know, where does Doug Pedersen go now with this? Um, At least they've got somewhere to start. Yeah, they've got Jalen Hurts, so that's good. But then you've got all that money with Carson Wentz and that contract. Surely you've got to still try and make the best of him. I'd, I'd, it's a bit of a tough one, isn't they've, it? They've just got to hope Bill O'Brien gets back in the league and they can trade him to him. Yeah, right. 100%. I'm sure Bill, Bill will be up for that. Yeah, I, well, I don't know. I think it might have been my the first show that I was on was the, the week of Dak's horrendous injury. And yeah. I made a ridiculous claim that the Cowboys would win the division. Not so ridiculous now. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I mean... This this at, division is mental. I, yeah. I love it. At the end of the day, if, if Dalton gets going, I mean, yeah. yeah, he's an average quarterback, but sometimes you just need that average quarterback to have these type of games. And, you, you and know... The, the skill position players they've got. You've got Zeke, you've got three amazing wide receivers. 100%. The, the defence can sort themselves out. All Dalton needs to do is play a Tannehill-esque game and complete 20 passes. Yep. So, so, I mean, that's a whole other kettle of fish with Zeke at the moment, isn't it? It is. But we're going to move on to the final game. And who, who have you got there for us, Ryan? Uh, Bears, Jags. I mean... You can be if, quick if with anybody, this one, don't worry. I mean, <laughs> if anybody... Well, well yeah, we'll, we'll phone this one in, definitely. No, if anybody looks at the score and says, Chicago 41, Jacksonville 17, you go, well, Jags are completely tanked, haven't they? Not so much. I mean, they didn't come into the game lining up trying to win because James Robinson wasn't playing and Gardner Minshew was inexplicably replaced by Mike Glennon again. But, I mean, with 20 seconds left before halftime, it's 10 all. And the only reason the Bears go into halftime up is because Mike Glennon tries to throw the ball instead of just kneeling the clock. I I don't know what he was trying to get out of it at all, but gets intercepted, turns the ball over to the Bears... The Bears execute a very good play to get the the ball down, snapped and spiked in time to kick a field goal to go 13-10 up. And then, I mean, the second half just shows the Jags are not a complete team. They're not a competitive team. There was missed tackles everywhere. There was penalties on both sides of the ball. And they just sapped any effort they had to try and get the lead back. And when you've got Mike Glennon under centre, nothing's really going to go your way he had he didn't look good more interceptions kept getting sacked all over the place and it just gave the bears that platform to easily win the game they scored 21 Mm. points to none in the third quarter so their lead extended it was a 10 point lead 17 24 points suddenly they've racked up 40 points on the jags and the jags are just looking completely shell-shocked they did come back and score a, a consolatory touchdown but I mean, everybody's going to point to this and go, oh, you know, Jags are tanking, Jags are tanking. They don't care anymore. They, they, they played okay for parts of the game, but they just, they're just they not a team set up to 
to win at all. And they've had a few games where they've been competitive and could have won and fallen foul at the last hurdle. This was kind of the opposite, where they, you know, probably should have the scoreline, you know, it's just 21 points. You can't concede that in the in the third quarter. No. And the D is, I'd be more worried about their defense than their offense, if that's the case. I don't, I don't know what, other than Herbert, um, they've got a lot of holes to fill in the draft. And I don't know if they're going to be set up to do it. Is Doug Marone still going to be there? I can't see him being there. Mm. But it's the Jags. They're, them like the Jets, you just don't know what's going to go on in those back offices. And mm. Did you see <laughs> Herbert just a second ago? I got a bit confused there. Hmm? Did you see Herbert just a second ago? Oh, no. Well, I might have done. Sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> the long-haired long wonder. We're all, we're all losing it today. It's New Year's Day. Like, I'm, it's, it's I'm getting Justin feels confused. And, yeah, it's just one of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah not, not really a game for anybody. But Chicago, I, I would hesitate to say that this is an almighty Chicago team. They have, okay, they put 41 points up this week and they, they broke the record for the highest number of points scored and all that sort of stuff over the past few. But I, I don't know if, from based on the first half, they didn't look like a offense that was firing on all cylinders. Mm. They were just given the opportunities. I think if you don't give this team opportunities, then you could put them away fairly easily. Mm. But Montgomery's looking better. I mean, the second part of the season. Very much. He's, That's been very good for him. He's been very good um, in the last few games. And I mean, Trubisky, I mean, where he was a few weeks ago compared to now, I mean, that's I, I don't get me wrong, they've, well. de- they've definitely improved and yeah. the fact they can actually use David Montgomery to give them a running game to take some pressure off Trubisky, yeah. who is one of those, he's not a great quarterback, but he's not a terrible quarterback like everybody's been. They got to the playoffs, what, two years ago? They weren't. Yeah. They've got the bones of a good team about them. It's just whether Matt Nagy can coach them up. Yeah into it really I mean okay so the, they beat the Jags this week the Vikings the week before the Texans the week before and they lost to the Lions exactly not not they, the most stellar the, competition is it not exactly so I think we will see come while I mean this weekend they've got the Packers again the Packers are going to be fighting for that number one so I, yeah. I can't see the Bears winning well, let's hope not. <laughs> no, well, no. The Bears don't win, then they've got to hope for a, an Arizona loss to get into the playoffs. If they do that, they'll probably be facing uh, New Orleans. So uh, I can't see the Chicago experience lasting too much longer. But then, <laughs> New Orleans in the playoffs. Yeah. Bottle jobs. Anything can happen. Exactly. Anything can happen, can't it? But... Exactly. Well. No. Thank you very much, Sudeep. That was our. Our rundown of our games. Uh, we're going to hand you over to Mr. Stuart. Love, yeah, before we the... before we do that though, any any plans for the rest of New Year's now? No sleep. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's going to be a very big Sunday coming up. I think. I think we have to do do a bit of preparations for that. Yeah. Last our last weekend before we dive back into work again. These these ten days have been pretty nice. No, I'm but glad. I'm to. assuming you're. You're covering lots of bowls at the moment. Yeah, so at the minute, the peach bowl that's currently on at the minute, which <laughs> I've got to catch up on um, between Georgia and Cincinnati. 
with JT Daniels as the quarterback, guys. Um, and then we've got, obviously, the, the college football semifinals. So, Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, and Notre Dame. So, yeah, very excited to be watching this. Um, I do have work tomorrow, so um, I think I'll I'll get the first game. Um, and then I think the, the late one's the Clemson-Ohio State game. I'll probably catch that in the morning. Um I've got a 9 a.m. start tomorrow, but it's a short day and Saturdays are fairly relaxed to work. And then, yeah, Sunday off already for the last week week of regular season football. Um, and that's it. It's and, gone so quick. It's yeah, gone so quick already, hasn't it? Exactly. It but there's so much to watch. I've got Cobra Kai that I want to watch now, season three. Uh, so excited about that. And I am an EastEnders fan. Sorry, guys, but I do watch the odd soap. Um, so... <laughs> Be, it's always good, you know, New Year's, someone's always either going to end up killed or do something, so be watching to. a bit of that. Yeah, it wouldn't be the same, would it? No, exactly. No, the, the the wife and I have just been watching, we just started watching Taskmaster, so we watched oh, the yeah. newest series, we're just going back and watching all the old ones, and oh, it's, it's so funny. Definitely, definitely hit that up on all four or Brick Box or whatever else it's on at the moment. It's, yeah, it's 100%. So yeah. yes, we'll uh, we'll hand you over to Mr. Stuart Love in the soon-to-be independent kingdom of Scotland. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what he's got. We'll see what he's got in store for you guys. Thanks very much. Thanks, Sydney. Bye, guys. Greetings and welcome to the Kirat section for the Fourth and Inches podcast. Here, Kirat will talk about his favourite quarterback running back, wide receiver or tight end, and defence of the week. So, good to have you on, Kira. I know uh, we've not had you on for a couple of weeks. Um, all our fault, unfortunately, because we've been very busy, um, not been able to record together and, and various things. But um, how have you? how was your Christmas? It's been good. And did you get any NFL stuff for Christmas? We were talking about it in one of the podcasts, so did you get anything? Yeah, I got some Wilson gloves and I got an Aaron Donald jersey. Oh yeah, you've enjoyed the uh, Wilson gloves there. So you've been you've been doing any practicing outside in the park or the garden? Yeah. Yeah. So we had a a bit of a a play around. I think it was uh, Boxing Day actually. Just threw the ball around uh, for a bit uh, while Kirit was testing out his new gloves. Uh, how how are you finding them? They're good. Yep. Uh, um, been catching up with all the NFL action as well. Yeah. Yep. That's a one positive thing about Christmas because you're on holidays. You can get to watch the second lot of Red Zone as well, can't you? Whereas yeah. in other weeks, you won't always get the opportunity and you have to catch up with us. But um, no, it's great to have you on today. And obviously, we're going to start off with the quarterback. So who have you gone for? Tom Brady. Oh, Tom Brady. So why have you gone for Tom Brady there, considering he only played one half of football? Because he had 348 yards, four touchdowns, and that was all in one half. And he... F- he threw touchdowns to all his main receivers, Evans, Antonio Brown, Gronk and Godwin. Fantastic. So, yeah, it was, uh, Daddy was really enjoying that, especially because it's taken the books to the playoffs. But um, very good. Is there any other sort of touchdowns that you really enjoyed out of them? I enjoyed the inch-perfect pass to Evans. Evans had so much room. Yeah, so he was, it was, it was a good one. And to be yeah. honest, not only that, it's... Um, Evans, um, I was talking to you about this, he could become the first receiver to get seven consecutive 
1,000 yard seasons and this season it actually looked like he, he may not even get close to achieving it but now he's actually been given a chance now because he needs 40 yards against the Falcons and you'd have to say you know that's credit to Tom Brady because Evans has obviously missed a few games as well so yeah um, happy with that choice um, thank you um, who have you gone for your running back of the week Ivan Kamara okay uh, I think this is an obvious one isn't it but do we yeah. need to talk about it or do you want to talk about it as it's a bit obvious but mm. why, why Alvin Kamara then what was the key reason he got six touchdowns he had 22 grabs and 155 yards yeah that's like something that you would do on Madden isn't it yeah um, annoyingly for me my opponent in one of my fantasy leagues had Alvin Kamara so that cost me big time but you know it's just one of them things is there anything in particular you enjoyed about Kamara Kamara's first touchdown, 40 yards, 40-yard touchdown. He put the Saints in a good position from the beginning yeah, of the was half. Yeah, it was a good run, wasn't it? That yeah. He had a you know, 40-yard run, set the set the pace, and it was sort of a high-scoring affair. But, yeah, Kamara did, uh, did fantastic, as much as it pains me to say that. But then, you know, they have to rely on him when, obviously, the, um, the passing game is not, you know... Was that Michael Thomas? Michael Thomas and Drew Brees obviously coming back from his injuries as well so you know he's still recovering but be interesting to see how they fare in the playoffs but um, who have you gone for your another obvious one but we've got to talk about it who have you gone for your wide receiver of the week Stefan Diggs Stefan Diggs yeah so yeah. this was the opposite for me so this was someone who I did have in my fantasy team and actually did cause me to win a championship so you know one end I'm happy the other end you know so this one I wasn't really expecting um, to win this one but what did Stefan Diggs do that was so special? He got three touchdowns, nine catches, and 145 yards. Fantastic. And like, what was your, what was it that you sort of enjoyed about, you know, any particular touchdown that you enjoyed? So, it was a good, between two defenders, he went between them and adjusted it. No. So, what, so, do you remember the first touchdown? What happened? You he went between two defenders, then he got, he used his speed and got the touchdown. Yeah, you remembered. So oh. yeah, you just <laughs> that's exactly what happened. And how many yards was the touchdown? Do you remember? It was about forty. It was fifty, but close. But yeah, you're absolutely um, right there. Uh, so close. I don't expect you to remember everything. Like I said, this is a seven-year-old boy. You know, trying to remember as much as you can about something that happened what a week ago nearly so yeah you imagine what daddy's memory's like i can't remember anything from one day to the next so um what about what about his other touchdowns his second touchdown he did well to stay on his feet and avoid the tackle yeah that one i think he just crouched down didn't he and yeah then, uh, he caught the ball then he crouched down straight away and then until the two defenders went past then he got the touchdown he ran in there yeah and what about the, the other touchdown? Anything you want to say about that? He scored a different type of touchdowns in the third. The third one was in the red zone, which was a difficult catch because Josh Allen had to go back and then he had to come to Josh Allen's side and he had to reach out and catch it. Yeah. But he made it with a defender. So this game, he showed off his speed, his hands and agility. Yeah, so very different things that he's shown in this game. And that's why Stefan Diggs, you know, is becoming one of the sort of uh, elite receivers this year um, you know a lot of talk obviously when he left the Vikings it's like you know he's going to adjust but him and Josh Allen seem to fit like a glove don't they so it's a fantastic yeah. uh, 
acquisition for the Bills made Josh Allen look better and, and the Bills, you know, they look dangerous in the playoffs. I, you know, I think they'll be one of the teams you don't want to face in the AFC, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Mm. So who have you gone for your defence of the week? Packers. Okay, yeah, that's reasonable. I mean, um, what, why the Packers, though? Because Henry had a quiet game of yards rushing. He only, they only gave up 14 points. Two interceptions by Savage and Kirksey and a couple of sacks. Titans' best receiver was AJ Brown with only 43 yards. Yeah, so I think what you were trying to say is, yeah, Henry had a bit of a quiet game, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, 98 uh, yards. 98 yards, that was it. So, I mean, that's still good. That's really good. For, but it's Derrick Henry. So yeah. when, you, when you compare to other running backs, 98 yards is probably a good game for But when you're looking at Derrick Henry, who's also trying to get to that 2,000-yard mark, of the season, you know, 98 yards has really set him back, and you know, you'd think over the top of his defense, he would have been able to run a lot more. But Packers stayed strong, and like you said, you know, I think, I think only Titans only had 11 catches uh, in the whole game. 11 catches. If you think about that, you know, that's not much, is it? No. Uh, and AJ Brown was sort of the best receiver with only 43 yards. So, just goes to show how well the Packers did. Uh, in, Sort of, you know, making Tannehill, Brown, and Henry look sort of, you know, bang average, and yeah, it was it was very good. Um, so we've got week seventeen coming up. Obviously, my team are in the playoffs. Your team yeah. now on a knife edge now without Jared Goff. Are the Rams going to do it? Do you think the Rams will win first of all against the Cardinals? No. No. But do you think the Bears can beat the Packers? No. So by that, do you? standpoint the Rams would still be in the playoffs wouldn't they so is that what yeah. you think is going to happen then yeah mm. so it'll be interesting um hopefully the Packers turn up if they can do that because uh, yeah like you said with John Wolford I don't know too much about what he's done he's not he's not actually you know played in the NFL so it's going to be dangerous but you never know Sean McVay that you know he's he's good with quarterbacks isn't he so he might yeah. be able to surprise them and the Rams have got a really good record against the Cardinals so just don't know but um anything you want to say to the listeners thank you for listening and um happy new year and happy new year take care guys